This is a Real Footy Podcast trade period special. Hello and welcome. My name is Marnie Vinyl and joining me to wrap the third day of trade period is Peter Ryan. G'day Marnie, good to be here. Another uh, trade period that's kind of starting to get into that grind period. Yeah, that like middle week slog. Correct. Mm. Few things happening though. But you did report a bit for us today. So you reported that Jack Bowes made his choice. Can you talk to us a bit about that? Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's going to it's causing a lot of consternation actually among a lot of clubs. Geelong, the premiership winner, has landed uh, Jack Bowes from Gold Coast, and he's a top ten pick from 2016, um, who is on uh, $800,000 a year for the next two years as part of his contract, which is back-ended. And the Gold Coast Suns decided that uh, A, he wasn't playing in the AFL and B, that uh, contract was too much for them to have on their books. So they've decided they wanted to get rid of him. They knew that any opportunity for a club to actually take him with that sort of uh, contract sitting next to him would be next to impossible. So under new AFL rules this year, you're allowed to attach a pick to um, encourage other clubs to take that player that um, contract as long as they take over all the payments. So they said, we've got pick seven. Um, You can have Jack Bowes and pick seven, which Geelong, Hawthorne and Essendon said, well, we've got enough room in our salary cap Mm. to actually do that, which is incredible given that Geelong won the premiership. Um, And Jack Bowes uh, actually toured both all three of those clubs Geelong have long been interested in him, actually, as a player that they thought of note. Gary Ablett used to play with him. And today he made that decision that he wanted to go down to the Cattery. They're wrapped with that. Um, it gives them pick seven. And a talented player, they think they can make him into something of a um, midfielder and add to their depth. And, um, yeah, the rest of their competition screaming because they can't believe that Geelong's got a top ten pick and a player. Mm. Well, I was going to ask, I mean, is it just that Geelong have been in talks with him for so long? Given there's other club interests, why do you think he picked Geelong? Well, there's a couple of things. Essendon, as everyone knows, have been in disarray in the last six weeks. And so if you're a player and you've got the opportunity to go Geelong, who's a really professional, well-performing organisation with great players such as Paddy Dangerfield and Jeremy Cameron still Mm. on the list, and you back your talent, you think, well, I'm going to might take the opportunity there. Geelong have been looking at him for a long time, so that was obviously another feature. And then Hawthorne was the other option, who were actually really, I think he considered them strongly because he's automatically more likely to get a game with them um, and he could grow with that group. But in the end, the possibility of playing for that club, the Cats, um, was too good an opportunity to pass up. And at this stage, we're still not able to work out exactly how the Cats are going to do that, whether they flatten his contract out over four years and he only gets obviously paid less over the next couple of years but still gets at least 1.6 million and then probably four or five hundred thousand added on to that so it's something like 2.1 million over four years it'd be what that'd be my guess although I haven't been able to confirm that with anyone so nothing to sneeze at you're right it's nothing to sneeze at and it also gives the cats pick number seven which they're after Ollie Henry and Tanner Bruin uh, they've only got their future first and pick 18 at the moment but now they've got pick seven whether they split those or whether they um, use that pick to get a local youngster who's in that range Jai Clark remains to be seen Geelong people uh, basically uh, refuse to enter that hypothetical when I spoke to them but um, yeah we'll have to wait and see 
We have a pretty interesting listener question from Henry. Thank you, Henry. The trade system seems to undermine the equalisation of the draft. Does the AFL need to act? Uh, yes and no. One of the things that probably drives the trade system is the players' autonomy. So they all agree to enter into the draft, but they have the capacity to further their careers. So it's difficult for the AFL to work out a system that doesn't restraint or, or lead to a restraint of trade if they don't have mechanisms for people to actually move. And there is also an argument that you're able to um, facilitate movement helps clubs who are struggling to actually move quicker up the ladder. Um, it hasn't worked out because clubs are getting smarter um, at how they use it and they've got distinct advantages in where they're located and the type of lists they've got. So Gold Coast and the Giants obviously find it harder to attract players because they haven't got that history, mm. the tradition, and they haven't got the infrastructure or been in a, a footy state. The AFL needs to constantly review it. I'm not sure what they can do at the moment to actually equalise it, but it's becoming an issue and a bigger issue. So if you were head of the AFL, what would you do about it? Well, you'd have to actually potentially have mechanisms that limit the capacity for free agents to go to clubs that have finished top four, mm. which is would stop Jeremy Cameron, for instance, who went to Geelong after they'd finished in the top four or six. Um, you might have limits on the number of um, restricted free agents they can get. You might have a lottery relating to the draft so that certain clubs get pick one, um, even if they've finished you know, 10th or 11th. Just those sorts of mechanisms, or you might vary the salary cap available for particular clubs, but it's a difficult one. So would you be the one to tell Jeremy Cameron's cows that he can't come to Geelong? Well, that's the issue. Yeah. Jeremy Cameron wants to go to Geelong. He, uh, you know, who's who's to say that he shouldn't if they're a good club and they can fit him in the salary cap and he's prepared to take a lower wage? Good luck to him. So we're just going to quickly run through some of the deals that were done today. North Melbourne exchanged their 2023 round two and round three picks, which were special assistance picks, and their 2023 round four pick to Fremantle in exchange for Logue, Darcy, Tucker, and a future round three pick. Yeah, that's right. Uh, It's the draft assistance that North got. They had to use those round two and round three future picks for a traded players, and they use them on Griffin, Logue, and Darcy Tucker. It actually adds some liquidity to the market. It might open up potential for Luke Jackson to get to Freo and then Rory Lobb potentially to get to Western Bulldogs, but that's a longer story. But, yeah, it's a, it's a good deal for North too because given their uncertainty around the coaching situation, it leaves Griffin Logan, Darcy Tucker had to commit, but they'll get opportunities. And then GWS and Brisbane did a bit of a pick swap. So Giants exchanged pick 21 and future round two selection, and the Giants got pick 15. The Lions got pick 15, which um, would have been a great deal for the Giants if they gave a couple back and still got 15. (laughs) (laughs) But what it actually unlocks is the potential for the Lions to use that in Josh Dunkley. Mm. So the Lions might um, be able to package up a couple of first-round picks um, to try and get Josh Dunkley, or they... Um, trade that pick for later picks because they need points for Will Ashcroft and Jasper Fletcher, who are two of their academy graduates. So a lot to play out from just this one deal. Uh, A lot of possibilities over that one deal. And the Giants are an interesting club because they kind of... This is the thing that goes back to that listener question from Henry. A pick's not as valuable to the Giants as it might be to other clubs. So, yeah, it's all a bit whack. And then Zane Cordy joins the Saints as a free agent. Yeah, well, that came to light last week, apparently. The um, conversation started, and he's a good pickup for them. He gives a bit of flexibility as a third tall. Dougal Howard, Callum Wilkie, and he gets to come in if clubs such as Carlton have, you know, Charlie Curnow and Harry Mackay causing 
limited damage on the forward line. And then Michael Gleeson reported this afternoon that Brisbane's Tom Berry will go to the Suns for pick 25 and 36 this year. The Suns get Berry, the on-traded GWS future second, and pick 46 this year. Yeah, I mean, you have to listen to that carefully to understand what exactly that means. But in basic terms, a good story from Big M, Mick Gleeson. The Suns get Tom Berry, and uh, they get a couple of picks around the Giants' finishing position next year. Um, while the Suns get a couple of picks for this year. So winner, winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, Marnie. We love that. Yep. All right, some listener questions from Raf. Is there any restriction on clubs talking to agents about contracted players at rival clubs? There's something distasteful about clubs through agents turning the heads of contracted players who aren't in their final year of their contract. But it must happen, or how could someone like Jason Horn Francis demand a trade to a Pacific club knowing that they will go in for him? Uh, it's a good question, Raph, and it does leave a bit of a bitter taste potentially in people's mouths, but um, there is no restriction. Unlike the states where it's absolute no-no to even talk about the possibility of getting a play, you can get into enormous amounts of trouble. Um, it's a bit more of the Wild West in Australia, and it's increasingly becoming the case where contracted players, it, le- it gives some power in the cl- hands of clubs, but they're on the market in a sense, particularly if they're not getting a game or if they're dissatisfied with the environment they're in. It's interesting. I think a lot of people are quite interested in these ones. Yep. From Giuseppe. Giuseppe, yep. What are your thoughts on these potential trades? Port Adelaide trade pick 33 and Martin Frederick to West Coast for Junior Rioli and Port Adelaide trade pick 43 or 53 to Geelong for... Asava Radigalia. Nice. The great uh, Asava who... He's under contract at Geelong. I have to think this through, but West Coast definitely want... Uh, Port Adelaide definitely want Junior Rioli, mm. and they also want Asava Radigalia, although um, Junior Rioli does want to go to Port Adelaide, whereas Asava Radigalia is less keen to get there. So I'd imagine, unless things change late, Asava will stay at Geelong. Um, Martin Frederick, I haven't heard any discussion about him leaving um, his club. Um, Port Adelaide to get to West Coast but that might be something they try and the Eagles might try and do for Junior Rioli Um, that one's going to be a stalemate where they'll just I think West Coast are so unhappy that Junior Rioli's leaving their club that they'll make him have a few anxious moments about how he gets to Port Adelaide and it'll drag out Not good news for Junior Rioli No, he'll be alright though that's the nature of the beast From Dan why aren't North Melbourne lobbying for Port to get into this year's top five, which are clearly a tier above? Pick eight and a future first isn't that enticing? Pick eight and a future first, uh, that is enticing, Dan. I think the reality is that they're going to just have to um, accept that pick eight and a future first. They want something more, but they might in the end have to just take those two picks and cut their losses with Jason Horn francis and accept that uh, it was one of those kind of Nathan Buckley year at Brisbane Bears that just didn't work out and off he goes. From Luke, Paddy Dow would be a good fit at Essendon, no? And whatever happened to Liam Stocker meeting with the club? Yeah, this is a good one. Paddy Dow, who's also, when he first arrived at Carlton, was known as Paddy Wow. <laughs> that makes sense. He was so good, but he hasn't quite lived up to the potential of a top three pick. Great person and Carlton are going to help him get to a club if they can find a club that's interested in him. He's still got a year to run at 
um, of his contract. He would be a good fit at Essendon. Essendon are trying and struggling to get players um, interested in them in all reality um, because of all the chaos that's happened down there. Um, and Liam Stocker met with the club. Liam Stocker's delisted, so they won't be trying to trade him in at this particular stage. It'll be a matter of whether they have list spots available and they might either put him through the pre-season to pick him up on the supplemental selection period or recruit him as a delisted free agent ahead of pre-season. I'd say he's just on the back burner. Hmm. Talking about Essendon, this is one from me. We haven't really seen many players request to trade, but yet there's all this talk about the club being in shambles, Mm. but players seem to want to stay there. Yeah, well, the environment's good, and Brad Scott's a good coach, is what they would think, and they they, uh, have a commitment to each other, I suppose. Zach Merritt did a long-term deal, and uh, Andy McGrath's on a long-term deal. And the other thing that is, uh, salary cap means that someone has to get the money. So if you're at a club that's... um, you know, in their position, you often get uh, overs, (laughs) in a sense. Um, The only player that's going to leave is Aaron Francis will go to Sydney, um, who was a top 10 pick that hasn't worked out. But, yeah, when you're in that position as a club, some players uh, think, oh, well, I may as well earn a couple hundred grand extra here than try and get out of the place. Yeah, and if your leaders are staying, that's pretty enticing. Yeah, and Brad Scott's Scott's a good fit for that club. So they're they're an opportunity or, or a possibility to move up the ladder. All right, one from Aaron. Can we all agree that the trade period is way too long? Regardless of the amount of players being traded, the period should be a week-long max? Thoughts? I'm voting for Aaron. If he puts that out as a political um, statement, he has got my vote. That's He's actually um, running the trade. Shorten the trade period party. (laughs) I'm, I'm way on board with that, and I reckon a week is about right. From CA, do you think Brad Scott may seek a trade given the turmoil <laughs> that has greeted him at Essendon? Well, he could do a trade with Chris Scott and no one would know the difference. <laughs> but I don't think he will. It's then, interesting because uh, in America they do do trades of coaches. They actually do um, potentially get some um, draft collateral back. But no, Brad Scott's fine. I mean, he knew what he was walking into. He probably didn't expect the CEO to be gone within a day. But apart from that, and I mean, Brad, Bombers, Chris, Cats, they have to remain where they are. Just Correct. makes sense. No, that's exactly right. And Brad, um, yeah, look, he's got a big job, but he's actually setting the scene for it being a patient build. Mm. I think Essendon fans will like that one. Yep. We've got another Luke. No question, I feel the dogs are getting unders for Dunkley. His resume and talents equal Taranto's, but the pick return won't be. No, they're 100% right. Luke is 100% correct there. Um that's why they're going to try and push for uh, two first-round picks as Richmond gave up for Toronto. But um, they're going to struggle to get that off Brisbane because Brisbane... Look, Brisbane have told the Bulldogs, well, we've got a few troubles here because we need some points. And the Bulldogs are saying, well, that's not our problem. Mm. You've, off, you've chased this player, you've offered him a six-year deal and you have to stump up. So um, eventually it'll get done and they'll probably get unders, but they'll get more than just one first pick, but I don't think they'll get two first-round picks. If you were building a team from scratch, would you rather have Dunkley or Taranto? Uh, I would rather have either, but I'll plunk with Taranto because he's a Morty Alec boy and I grew up in Morty Alec. That makes sense. Would yep. you rather have Brad Scott or Chris Scott as your coach? Uh, I wouldn't mind either, actually. Um, probably Chris because he wins. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. 
All right, awesome. So that's all that we have time for today, and thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned for our live coverage and the best news and analysis at theage.com.au. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so via email, realfootypod at theage.com.au. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, review wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow. Look forward to it, Marnie. That was great.